Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time! You know what Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Brett Allen here. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Today, we are talking Welcome to Chippendales, streaming now on Hulu. And we have one of the stars, Jen Cohen, who her episodes begin to air December 20th and then succinctly after that. This is such a fun show. Uh, Thank you for your time today. I am so glad that you're enjoying it. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's so funny. In the world of streaming, we are getting all of these different stories now. And this one, Welcome to Chippendales, does not disappoint. I mean, it's just a fun show. And it's it's funny, like we're now getting the stories behind how all of this began. Yeah. What sort of interested you in the project and because you do a lot of different things, but what was the the genesis for this one in the interest? Uh, I have a very long time relationship with this project, and and unusually long time relationship with this project. Um, the creator of this show is my husband, Robert Siegel. And- okay, okay. So now that now brings me to the next thing because yeah, I'm very familiar with him, and I you are yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. In fact, he's been a longtime interest guest on the show, but we've never been able to land it because. But that's a whole well, other. Now, p- you know, people look that's at a that very, <laughs> uh, different conversation. OK, so, yes, he is the so creator, funny. of course. Yeah. Yeah. So he is the creator. And the first seed of this project was about 12 years ago, I'd say about a dozen years ago. 
uh, after The Wrestler and Big Fan came out, okay. Rob was approached to create a movie, an indie film about this project for a Bollywood star. Okay. Um, there, a big Bollywood star wanted to go Hollywood. And so this Indian production company approached Rob and asked him to write it. And so it took him about, I don't know, a year, year and a half as he wrote this script. And, you know, it was early in his career, in his his film career. So we were all very much entrenched in his work at the time and, and the making of it. And at the time, we thought it was this brilliant thing. Like, Rob, it's your Scarface. We were very attached. And when it came time to present it to the Bollywood star, uh, Rob wasn't totally primed on Bollywood protocol on presentation. And when the Bollywood star questioned that, you know, when he was in love, why didn't he say he was in love? And when he was mad, why didn't he say he was mad? And Rob spoke up and said, well, that's not how it's done in Hollywood. And as a result, that was regarded as insurrection. And Rob was removed from the project. And they brought a couple of other directors on and, to, and writers to work on it. And I think there kept on being these culture clashes where it didn't work out and the project got shelled. Interesting. In, in Bollywood. And we were all crushed. We were devastated. And then about five years later, Rob and I found an article that the production company had gotten acquired by Disney. And we just said, oh, that's interesting, like super interesting. And then about three or four, four years after that, Rob was working on Pam and Tommy. And one of the producers that he had worked with there said, you know, I love working with you. I'd love to work with you on another project. Have you ever heard the story about what happened with the founding of Chippendales, that it was an Indian immigrant and it was... And Rob, like his eyes go wide and he says, are you kidding me? I wrote the movie. I wrote this thing. I cut two because Hulu and 20th Century Fox are subsidiaries of Disney. Yeah. They went through internal channels. They grabbed the script from all the years back and that became the source material. So I've been attached to this story for a very long time. We've it, And so watching the evolution, seeing it end up in Kumail's hands, who handles it so beautifully. He's so great as the lead in this. Um, and then just watching how the stories unfolded. It's been it's been very exciting. And and like it feels like one of the children that's come out of our house. So it's a cool relationship to it. Yes. Well, that leads me to another question, then, because I mean, your husband is, I mean, the name is synonymous in Hollywood for all these projects that he's created and that you've worked on together. So I imagine the creative nest that's in your home is just bubbling over. I would imagine constantly pitching ideas to each other. Do you know, we, we call it, this is, this is such a, I've never said this in an interview. This is so funny. We call it the Kavod hothouse. So that's our little nickname. So in in a the thing in a marriage in Judaism in a marriage the thing that's supposed to bind you is supposed to be the kavod which is sort of the trust and honor and respect in the yeah. marriage and uh i've always you know thought of it as being like it's like a greenhouse for us like that thing, it's sort of, it's a greenhouse effect. So we're in it. And so as a result of it, we both have gotten to grow and become these like crazy hothouse plants and do all these things and bounce ideas off each other and develop and and create these cool projects as a result. So it's been very nice. Yes. Well, 
outside of that, I mean, you've done quite a bit. You've done voiceovers, you've done on screen, you've produced all of those types of things. Where did this storytelling journey begin for you, Jen? Like, where was the genesis of it? Oh my gosh. Well, so I always had two parallel tracks, my, my journey. I always wanted to be an actress and I was always obsessed with fashion. And those were just the two things that were always interesting me. And it, at any given time, one took the lead over the other. I think I just assumed I would be a fashionista actress. That was okay. the, that was the plan as a kid. And so I was always in acting school and, you know, always doing plays. And my jobs tended to be fashion related where I was, you know, in retail and wholesale and working for designers and styling things. And, and as I worked toward my acting career happening, I, you know, I had a, a bunch of different jobs, but a bunch of them were fashion related. And I started helping buy for boutiques in New York, okay. right as my voiceover career took off. You know, I did a bunch of off, 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 off Broadway shows and terrible indie films and all this stuff. And voiceovers really was the thing that that took fire. I, I never was an ingenue. I always was doing these characters, these larger than life people. And so producers would come to shows of mine and say, your voice is fantastic. You really should come into the studio. And I would do these jobs these voiceover gigs and had a really great time and loved how creative you could be when it didn't matter if you looked like what that character was supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so as that happened, I still wanted to always keep, you know, fingers in the fashion pot. And so I continued buying for stores. Then when things got crazy with Rob's career stuff, I had taken a backseat and not, I wasn't doing buying for one of the stores, but then I started a podcast and a website and a consultancy covering New York and Paris Fashion Week's emerging global designers. And then when Overwatch took off, so I do a bunch of video games and yeah. cartoons and Overwatch took off, I started doing conventions and it became untenable to do both. And I sadly had to like say, okay, let me whittle down my consultancy. But what happened at the conventions was that all of these kids started asking me what I was wearing and how I knew how to get dressed. And it was this eureka moment of, oh, wait, this enormous gaming audience doesn't have any direction in that way and doesn't have a trusted adult in the room to talk to about those wow. kinds of things. And I have access to these global indie designers and I know just what they'll like. And it's this very fertile ground on both sides. And so I started connecting gamers with style content. And so that became another like channel. I sort of got to put it all together. And then when the pandemic hit, that expanded and became also a, you know, an ad advice. I started doing these real talk advice streams oh, wow. because I already had this relationship with these gamers and this gaming audience on Twitch. And have, this is so fun to say this all in one sentence, like is yeah, one run on thing. Um, and then I started getting approached by metaverse companies because they saw that I was interested in gaming and fashion and, and had this voiceover audience, this gaming audience. And so I started getting involved with 
creatives and creators who were doing groundbreaking work in Web3 and in VR and started working on projects with them because it all relates to the same things. Yet at this point, there still is a divide between the metaverse creators and the gaming audience. And I found myself saying, wait, 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 hold on. This is also fertile, exciting ground. There has to be a way to connect these two communities. They're related. It's almost like they're warring cousins. Yeah, yeah. And so, and that's how I started working on a podcast where I talk to creators and originators for Web3. So that's the next project. And through that, I got involved in the first ever Shakespearean performances in the metaverse. It's all being done in GTA, in Grand Theft Auto, Vice City Stories. And so that's this wild company. And we did a full production of Hamlet this past summer, and they've made a film about it. So that's been this cool project that I've been working on. And then now Chippendales is out. And it's been just this really fun, exciting, fertile time. I love it. Yeah, we had somebody on the show, Alex Ponovic, who does this web-based slash NFT slash metaverse show called Gen Zeros. And they do the similar type things. It started out as... NFTs and then switched over to an animated type show that's online. And now the the future is bright for that, from what I'm told, where shows will take place in the metaverse. And then there will be like Funko Pops that are behind you that come out with the show or like kind of like the metal box days of DVD where you bought a DVD and you got the fold out books and then you got all the cards and the colorful things. I find this very fascinating. I could talk to you for hours about it because I love yeah. Tell me. I think the future is going to go towards that with content creation. I think is where uh, it's headed. I, I think inevitably, you know, at this point, at this point in in the evolution of these things, I really steer clear of NFTs. I steer clear of crypto. I steer yeah. clear of bit Bitcoin and all that like blockchain. I None of that is my bag because I feel like all of it right now is so early. Yeah. Like I, it's so early in the creation of what's coming next. And it isn't the thing that lights me on fire. And you know, I don't know if you remember the beginning of the internet Oh, yeah. The beginning of the the beginning of anything, the first people that come to a budding platform tend to be typically charlatans. It's pornography, it's gambling, it's people looking to, you know, create stuff and typically it doesn't look great. Right. And so I think that those are the things that turn the gaming audience off. Yeah, because the gaming audience is the only community who's accustomed to living in in some version of virtual reality yeah. and accustomed to having a second life in that world, and it looks great. I mean, for the gamers, it's beautiful. It looks great, and in games like Overwatch, it's really beautiful connections, and people have real relationships and have found these these great ways to be their best selves in this other universe, and that isn't what's offered yet in these budding metaverses and they're only seeing people trying to take advantage. And I, I am of the opinion or that, you know, when you look at history, the people, the, the people who created the cars are not the people who created the trains and the people who created the trains did not create the airplanes and each different iteration 
is is its own thing and yeah. people have to be involved in order to dictate what direction the future goes in and the metaverse is still 10 years away i mean 5 or 10 five for something palatable and 10 for it to really be something that we interact with on a daily basis yeah and the gaming audience in particular the more they engage, the more they will shape this dialogue because they're the only ones who really know what it is. And they can steer it toward people who are have the environment in mind, people who are looking to equitably share with creators, content creators, people who it doesn't feel like anyone's being taken advantage of. So I yeah. only am looking at the people who are creating really great, beautiful stuff that's forwarding the conversation, that's forwarding culture, that's that the people that we should latch on to. I'm yeah. connecting to who should we should like who to bet on, yeah. which horses to bet on. The bleeding going edge of forward. technology. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. where is it headed? Well, it's all very fascinating. Of course, all of your background or voiceover work and then your podcasts, all of that. And of course, welcome to Chip and Dale. Such a great show. I can't wait uh, to see your episodes on the 20th, the 27th. Thank you. I have so much fun in this January show. 3rd. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And um, very cool. Uh, all of this. I think it's all very exciting. And we will definitely put uh, links to it in the show notes. One last question. The holidays are coming. And I've been asking a lot of people this. What? What do you have planned? How do you celebrate the holidays? Well, typically I celebrate the holidays. We have like our own crazy Christmas Eve rituals where we go look at lights and eat Chinese food and have our, our routine. We're going away this year. We're going to the beach for a few days, oh, which nice. is I think we all need a break really badly. I think yes. we've all been working our brains out. and We're like, let's get out of town. And then for New Year's, for the last, I don't know, 20 years, we go up to a friend's house in upstate New York, uh, and we've been celebrating with them forever. And it's so much fun. It's so nice. And it's this really chill little reset. Uh, and so we're going to go do that. We'll go to the beach over Christmas, and then we'll go upstate for New Year's. So I'm really looking forward. Oh, wait. And I have an epic Hanukkah party. Nice. I have a Hanukkah party every year that is named, it's called Laka Mania. And we have a billion people come and I make latkes and it's so much fun. So I'm doing that and I'm very much looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, this is yeah. very exciting. And again, I've been a fan for a very long time and, and I was excited when we were able to get this on the books, especially this close to everything. Uh, but uh, everybody be sure to tune in to Welcome to Chimadale's catch all the recent episodes and then of course Jen's episodes on the 20th uh the 27th and the third and because I'm press I've seen everything up until the 20th when so that one's not out yet technically but we got screeners and so uh very exciting Jen thank you so much for your time today I appreciate it thank you so much my pleasure and if you want to tell everyone about my socials I'm everywhere yes. at hey it's Jen Cohn so I'm most uh, active right now on Instagram and on TikTok, but I'm on I, I'm on all the platforms at Hey It's Jen Cohn, and the live streams are still Twitch, and now we're experimenting with getting them on TikTok. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember. 
we care.